Better and Longer with The Fitness Show, hosted by fitness expert, author, and TV personality, Fitz Kohler. She'll tell you why diets are dumb, supplements are snake oil, and the truth about how you can earn a lean, hard, pain-free, and athletic body. Now for our favorite bossy blonde, Fitz Kohler. Hi team, I'm Fitz Kohler, your fitness expert from fitness.com, and welcome to The Fitness Show. So today we're going to talk about all the don'ts we need to remove from your life so you can make your life a do. I see a lot of you doing wonderful, amazing things, but I still see a lot of folks stuck in some ruts, some bad habits, just some things we need to nip in the bud, get rid of, toss in the can, you know what I'm saying. And uh, that's why I made this show. There's a bunch of don'ts, hopefully things you hadn't thought of, and uh, we're going to plow through them. And I promise you, if you do what I ask you to do, you will get where you want to go. And this is kind of the theme is, I tell you what, (laughs) when it comes to fitness, I'm right about most things. And there's also some other things I'm really good at. There's, There's a bunch of stuff I'm really bad at, but this is the stuff... I'm great at goal setting, getting you to move forward, getting you to stop the crap, stop making excuses, stop getting in your own damn way. And so that's that's my mission for today's show. If I can give you this royal kick in the can and inspire you to do better and be better, then we're going to call it a success, okay? And yes, on occasion, you're going to think I'm abrasive and I'm a bully, and I'm good with that, especially if it motivates you. So it's all said in love, right? And so We'll start with the question I ask you guys a lot is, who do you want to be? Who is it you want to be? We'll talk fitness. Yes, let's talk about your physique. What are you trying to accomplish? You can say weight loss, but think more specifically. Get a vision of you in your head. Now, mind you, we can't make you taller. We can't make you shorter. We can't crush your bones, but there's a hell of a lot of accomplishing we can do in between. So think about that best version of you. And then think about where you want to be professionally. You know, what are you working towards as a parent? Or are you going to become a parent? Or, you know, who do you want in your social circle? Who do you want to surround yourself with? I need you to know who you are, who you want to be, where you're going in life. Because without that vision, it's hard to make plans and it's hard to go in the right direction. So always start the day knowing who you want to be, who you want to be that morning, that afternoon, that evening. And I make this coherent decision on a daily basis. And I'm usually pretty damn proud of where I am. Now, long ago, I wasn't so good with myself because I wasn't making a bunch of good decisions, but I'm a little bit rock solid right now and I'm really happy with it. And so I want you to be that person too. I want you to feel good in your skin, feel good the way you look, the way you feel, love your energy, love your work. Love your family and the friends you're surrounding yourself with. you got to love those things because we only get one life. And so we may as well make it a good one, right? So we're going to start with our first don't. Don't set small goals. And mind you, it's okay to set some little short-term things. I'm not telling you not to do that. But what I want is a BHAG goal. I want a big, hairy, audacious goal. Something massive. I want your end goal. What is that going to be? You know, the BHAG goals came from authors James Collins and Jerry Porras, and they wrote a book called Built to Last. And they were helping people design the future for their companies. But you can use this type of goal setting personally as well. 
who do you want to be? You know, maybe you want to be an Ironman. You're probably not going to start from zero and be an Ironman next week. And then right now we're in May of 2017. But I'm guessing almost all of you can be an Ironman by January of 2019. That's a big, hairy, audacious goal. Be an Ironman. Be a marathoner. Lose 150 pounds. You know, move into this profession I love. Now, mind you, some professions may take a four-year college degree. They may take a doctorate degree. But you have to know where you want to be in order to get there. And you have to know where you want to be in order to make the appropriate moves to get there. So set this goal that people will think is preposterous. I have a friend, Rich Blazer. He's CEO of Infinite Energy. It's a company that I believe brokers energy, electricity, and so forth. And um, this is a guy who is in great shape for most of his life. He was a bodybuilder or a guy who lifted lots of weight. He was huge. And while he was setting this BHAG goal for his company, which is wildly successful, he thought as a role model, he should set a BHAG goal for himself. And mind you, I don't think he'd ever run a 5K in his life. And he chose to run an Ironman or to complete an Ironman, which certainly requires more than running. It's swimming, biking, and running. And uh, he did it. He did it quite quickly, too. I think he did it a year later. And this is a guy who had never run a 5K, said, I'm going to complete an Ironman. And he did. And he did it several times. And you know what? People admire him as a leader because he stepped outside of his box and he challenged himself and he did something that was highly uncomfortable and it really demonstrates that that's a man who's not willing to sacrifice success in any area of his life. And so be that person. Set a big, hairy, audacious goal for yourself. Maybe it's that massive weight loss and maybe it's you know, some athletic adventure. And maybe for you right now, just doing a 5K is your BHAG, but you got to set it. You got to start somewhere. You got to choose it. And then you have to move forward. Don't set small goals. You're underselling yourself because who you want to be is not the person who only accomplishes tiny things. I don't think anyone out there is listening to my show in hopes of, you know, kind of settling and, you know, being maybe a little bit better. People who stick with Fitz Kohler, And the person who's going to kick you in the can and tell you you can do better all the time, I know you want more for yourself. You want more across the board or you would have nothing to do with me. So set a big one. Aim high. Why the hell not? What's the problem? And then this is the thing. Once you set that BHAG goal, don't keep it a secret. Don't keep them a secret if you set more than one. Tell everybody because you know what we all have? We all have this thing called an ego and it's so much more difficult to cancel, quit, give up on our BHAGs when we've told everybody. Because then everybody will know we're quitters, we're failures. You know, if you're trying to train for an Ironman, you get hit by a bus, all right, well, then you're kind of out of, you know, (laughs) no one's going to give you a hard time about it. But if you just decide, meh, I'm too tired to get up and cycle. I'm too tired to swim. I don't want my hair to get wet. Well, then everyone's going to know. And you're not going to like that. So Don't keep your goals a secret, whether they are small or they're huge. Tell everybody because public accountability really works. And that's one of the really nice things about my Hottie Body Fitness Challenge on Facebook. It's a group. We've got about 1,200 people now. But people are talking to each other, and and then they're confessing when they screw up. And some of of my members are mamby-pamby, and they go, oh, 
it's okay. Everybody screws up. And I guess it's nice to have that kind of soft, sweet person in the group. And then there's a bunch of us who say, who pile on and say, that's not all right. You need to prioritize yourself and get to work and stop making these lame excuses. And so a community of supporters is really going to benefit you. And again, that ego, oh, very, very powerful. So number three, don't wait to get started. We ain't getting any younger. I don't even say ain't, but I just said we aren't getting any younger. You know, today is the day. Today's the day. You're the most young. You're the most vibrant. You have the capacity to most to be most energetic. Future's all the way in front of you starting today. And that, that countdown timer is on. So would you rather live the rest of your life super fit or go another 20 years being overweight and out of shape and then decide? No, get it over now. You know, one of... There's a couple great examples on the top of my list right now. Anna Hodling. Anna's an amazing triathlete. She's an endurance athlete of all sorts. I think Anna's in her 40s somewhere. And she has, um, and she's an Ironman too. So we're at, I don't work for Ironman, by the way. I'm not promoting the brand, but it's certainly a BHAG goal. So Anna, I ran into uh, while I was announcing the Detroit Women's Half Marathon 10K, 5K this September. And she was telling me, mind you, all of her workouts. This is a chick who probably runs a half or a full marathon every weekend. And she was telling me, oh, I can't get rid of my mommy pooch. My stomach won't shrink. And I jumped all over her and I said, no, I see you on Facebook. I see you're baking tons of goodies every single day. And I know you're eating all the goodies and you need to stop. This is my exact formula for weight loss. I assure you, if you use it, you'll lose weight. And she was kind of like, no, I don't know. And I said, Anna, do what I'm telling you to do. You'll get where you want to go. And you know what? The next day, Anna was on board. Anna got to work. Anna went from a size 10 in, Feb in September to a size zero in April. That's what happens when you don't wait. You start seeing results because you're moving in the right direction. Some results come really, really fast and some take some time. You know, that four-year degree is going to take four years. Sure, you can double up and take some extra classes over the summer, but it's still going to take a, a lengthy period of time. You can't result, expect massive results in one day. But Anna jumped on the formula in that first day, and her results have been astounding. And you know what? Anna could have pussyfooted. She could have sat around for six months and thought, whatever, and then she could have waited until she saw me the next time. You know when the next time was? It was last weekend in May. May, whatever, Mother's Day, May 14th. So she could have put me off from September to May, and that would have meant she didn't have all this exciting success she's been having for eight months, whereas now she's wearing her high, her college graduation dress because it fits again. She could have waited, and then I could have ridden her like a bull last weekend and said, come on, Anna, use my exact formula. But she didn't wait. She got to work. She started using the formula, and now she's where she wants to be. So be Anna. If you've read my exact formula for weight loss and you're trying to lose weight, Use it. Start logging your calories. Start sticking to your caloric budget. I assure you, it works. It'll work today. Or you can sit around in an unhealthy, overweight body for the next two years and then use it. But why let those two quality years of great life go by where you feel good about yourself? I mean, Anna, oh my gosh, she's in this scrawny little tank top and this cutie skirt and it's cold outside and she's not putting a jacket on because she knows she looks damn good in that little skirt and tank top. So be the Anna. I also have Timothy Powell who I saw last weekend. Timothy did a great job. He surprised me at the 5K. It was his first 5K ever. But I believe Timothy started his weight loss journey 
in October. I could be wrong on that, but it's within the year. He had some bad stuff go down in his personal life, and instead of being reckless, he went to the gym. He took out his frustrations in his personal and professional life in the gym. I mean, what an, what an amazing human being to say, you know what? Things are going wrong. I'm going to go work out. And he did. And so we talked about it on Sunday. He said that he tried, he walked one mile that day and it was very hard for him to walk one mile. He was at 385 pounds, but he went back to the gym and he did it again and he did it again and he's weightlifting and he's adopted the exact formula and now he's down 120 pounds. And so in October, Timothy could have done something else. He could have gone to a sports bar with all of his stress and he could have drank and he could have ate himself into a coma. Instead, he went to the gym. He chose himself. And now not only is his body dramatically smaller, oh my gosh, he ran a 5K in 33-ish minutes, which is mind-blowing. That's actually a great time for anybody. And Timothy said he's been overweight his whole life. And you know what? He's in almost regular guy status right now. He's, he wants to lose another 60 pounds, but this is a man who's on his way. And not only is he feeling great about his body and his health, but he has this amazing, happy attitude now. And he's got a whole new profession and he moved to a new state and he is just rocking life and he's got all these new friends. And so why wait? Don't, don't wait. Don't put it off to, till tomorrow. Today is your day to start that BHAG goal, to start moving in the right direction, to start prioritizing you. You got to do it. So number four, don't ask why me or why not me. Don't woe is me. That's the moral of the story. You know what? Nobody owes you anything, period. Nobody at all owes you anything. So instead of asking, whoa, woe is me, why me? Ask, why should it be me? You know, you see people around that you admire. Maybe you have a little bit of envy, jealousy of those people. Maybe you know, we'll stick with the fitness theme, but maybe if there's some guy or some girl in the gym that's in great shape, they've got a lean waist, strong legs, curvy arms are exactly what you want to be, and you're sitting around thinking, why can't that be me? Well, why should it be you? Are you putting in the effort to achieve that? And for the most part, I can tell you the people who are not in good shape aren't earning all the benefits that, coming in with, that come with being in good shape. You're going to have to do more. You're going to have to do what that person you're feeling envious of does. And so why should it be me? You change that sentence around. Not why me, woe is me. You go, why should it be me? And then you start deciding, okay, this is, this is why I'm not there yet. Figure that out. Dissect yourself. Dissect your actions. Dissect your behavior, where you've gone wrong. And now set yourself on the path to go be that person. All right? We don't do pity parties here. Nobody cares. I mean, we care. I care. That's why I'm giving you this, but nobody cares about the pity party. We care, what are you doing now? And it's interesting because some people, you know, every single day, there's one to 1,000 people asking me about fitness. And so many of them will say, well, in high school, I was this. And they're maybe mid-40s, mid-50s now, mid-30s, whatever. They're grown-ups. In high school, I did this. Okay, well, in high school, you were happy with your body because you were out playing sports and you were active and stuff. We can't compare... You can't even consider your high school days are now irrelevant. Everything and anything you did in high school is irrelevant. What matters right now is what you're doing right now. That's what matters. So again, when you want something that you're not getting, don't give me the why me, why not me, why can't I have that? Think, why should it be me? 
And then ask yourself, are you putting in the effort? Have you put in the time? Have you been disciplined? Have you done the right things? Have you been strategic and aggressive? And have you been successful? And I tell you, once you start doing all the right things, you will get where you want to go. You'll be that person. Remember, I can't make you taller or shorter. We can't crush your bones. But when it comes to fitness, you can certainly be a much more incredible version of you. And that's wherever you are. Maybe some of you are already in good shape. We can make it in better shape. We can do that. And then same thing goes for your job, for your family. You know, why me? Why don't you have a great spouse? Maybe because you chose a horrible spouse. Maybe you just chose horribly and that's why you're not sitting there with a good guy or a nice girl. You know, you have to take some ownership of you and your position in life across the board. Why me? Why are my kids not well behaved? Have you put in the energy and the effort and the time to raise well behaved children? Have you given them high standards? Have you laid down firm consequences that inspire them to be adorable and sweet and polite? No, we have to take ownership of every component of our life. So again, don't ask why not me. And on that token, don't be a victim. Don't be a victim. There are too many success stories in all categories of human for your pathetic claims to be accurate. So we can say that in every category of life, of human, of humanity, we've got men, we've got women, we've got black, Asian, Indian, uh, Caucasian, uh, all the versions of people, they're all kicking ass across the board. Every version of person is awesome. We have all proven to be equally capable of being smart, athletic, funny. We have men and women of all different colors, races, creeds that are the greatest comedians, that are the greatest singers, that are presidents of many countries around the world. We've got scholars. We have machinists. We have everyone of every kind being fantastic and wildly successful. So whatever version of that you are, you don't get to use your color, your race, your, your religion, your gender. None of it matters. We have too many success stories in all areas of life for your claim to be legitimate. We are successful based on the efforts we put in, the, the, the uh, education we have or have earned. Um, the, the, all those factors matter. Your, your status in life as, a, as you know, the boxes you check off. They don't, they don't matter. So you got to throw that stuff away. And, and I'm appalled when women use womanness as an excuse not to be successful because we just have too many girls, you know. I'm in the white category. I know I don't quote unquote get to use that as an excuse, nor would I. And I would be appalled if somebody used my race, no matter what it was, to think I was less capable. And God forbid somebody claims I'm less capable than because I'm a girl. I mean, none of it's relevant, right? What relevant? What's relevant is what I'm doing with my life. So be that person. You know, I look at um, Stephen Hawking. He's got slow progressing ALS, which is a nightmare. Basically, the disease makes you immobile. He's a brain with a body that won't cooperate at all, yet still in his 70s. He's a physicist, still authoring books. He couldn't walk, so he worked with Intel to create a program that read his brain waves so he could communicate. So he's got burdens, right? There are people that are facing real life burdens on their physicality and who he is, and he's still crushing it. So, you know, go look at these people that are running marathons on prosthetic legs with prosthetics arms. I've, I've literally run 
races next to wounded warriors, our, our amazing American soldiers. There was two guys at a Disneyland 10K about a year and a half ago, and uh, one guy had two prosthetic legs, and the other one had one prosthetic leg and one prosthetic arm, and I ran by them and, you know, welled up thinking, oh my gosh, what amazing people they are, and, you know, not only are they a, a true freedom fighters and heroes in that category, but they're out here running this race. And when they came across the finish line, there wasn't a dry eye in the place because they're doers. And one of them was black and one of them was white. And you know what? We had the same amount of, of finish line celebration for both of them. And, you know, they could have been green with purple polka dots and it didn't matter because they were gritty and they were people who just insist on success. So you have to be that person. And you... This is the next group, the next don't, don't make excuses. When you make excuses, all you're doing is screwing yourself. You know, and we'll stick with fitness, but, you know, I can't do it because my kid is sick. All right, well, while your kid is napping on the couch, you can do jumping jacks and push-ups and wall squats. There's a lot of things you can do. I have a job. Yep, lots of us have jobs, and we still exercise and choose healthy food. My spouse is mean. Okay, we'll go for a run. It's nice to run away from something sometimes, right? There's, there's a million excuses in the book you can make, and none of them are valid, not one. And when it comes to the exact formula for weight loss, you could be in a body cast in the hospital and still lose weight because the formula works no matter what. So even if you're not exercising, you could still be losing weight with the formula because it works. So no excuses. Don't accept excuses either. Do accept genuine apologies if somebody has wronged you, but don't accept excuses. If people are making excuses on anything in your life, you're going to have to dissect that person and decide whether there's someone worth keeping in your life. So, of course, your children, they will make excuses, and you will just have to lay down firm yet loving consequences. And so for me and my family, I take, I take away a lot of technology. If they can't do the homework, they can't have their computer or the iPod or the iPad. They can't have those things. They can have a music playing device, but they can't use computer games. You know, we, we all have our own consequences we give to our people, but excuses, you know, maybe you have a workout buddy who is constantly making excuses and not showing up and disappointing you. Well, then you have to cut out that workout buddy and find someone else. You know, I have, um, oh, I have people in my life that have just earned their way out of their life out of my life because they haven't kept their promises to me. And at some point I have to prioritize me. So don't make excuses, but don't accept them either. I give people one chance, maybe two. What's the old saying? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. So if you surround yourself with excuse makers and people that are constantly quitting or disappointing you, you're kind of settling. You're settling for that. So don't. Don't accept excuses. Um, don't be an enabler. And so when people, you know, maybe you have a spouse that's not exercising with you or they want to lose weight, don't buy them cookies. And if they bring home cookies, you know what? Take them and throw them in the trash. You don't need to condone the bad behavior and you don't need to support the bad behavior of any sort. So don't be an enabler. I have, um, you know, my sister, we've talked about her being a total monster. So she's someone who spends money recklessly. She lost her house. 
She lives with my mother now, and it's gone on for a long time. She doesn't pay my mother sufficient uh, rent, we'll say it. She should be helping support the thing, and my mom enables her. My mom says, okay, my sister's in her late 40s. And she's being enabled still. And you know what? My sister should be out of my mother's really nice house. And she should be in a one-bedroom apartment, gritting along and learning how to manage her money. But she's not. And that's enabling. And my sister will never be good with money. And she will never uh, have that type of success because she's enabled. And so don't do that. And if you surround yourself with squids, you will be a squid. I want you to have a strong, sturdy spinal column. I want you to stand up for yourself. And when you associate with weaklings who make bad decisions all the time and you support that, you make your life more miserable and you add clutter to your life. So you have to be able to clean that up. You, you, know, you can't stop someone's bad behavior, but you also don't have to support it. And you know, when you're surrounded by people with bad behavior, oh, it's toxic. It's toxic. You see it in the work environment. You see it at home. You have a grouchy person at home. You have someone who has addictions or constantly bad behavior. You got to nip that in the bud to your best ability, or you just step step out of that person's life and let them make their own mistakes. But don't enable people in any regard. Don't talk yourself out of great opportunities. So life is full of really fun stuff. And sometimes people just say, no, I can't do that. You know, it's interesting. We talk about racing a lot, but I have so many able-bodied people that will say things like, oh, I'd love to do a race, but I can't. And, and I say, okay, well, if you, can you walk around the mall for an hour? Yes. Okay, well, if you can walk around the mall for an hour, you can do a 5K. Oh, no, I couldn't do that. Yeah, you can do it. Why? Like I said, I'm a fitness expert. I know what I'm talking about. If you can walk the mall for an hour... You can do a 5K. No, no, I can't. And so these are people that are telling me, I want to lose weight. I want to be fit. I would really like to participate in these races because they look fun. And boy, would I like a medal. But then they say no. And they deprive themselves the opportunity. And you, many of you probably know what it's like. You get yourself out and you do one (laughs) 5K. You go, wow, that was fun. And it was totally doable. And I got this cool medal. And I have a shirt. And I can brag and show everybody what I accomplished. I'm going to do that again. And it really can um, oh, just change your life, my goodness. So don't talk yourself out of opportunities. And, and that works in fitness, number one. But that talks, that works in other areas too. And so here's the deal. I am obviously very social in a work environment. However, I can become a little bit of a slacker, a little bit of recluse in the social environment. And so sometimes I get invited to things and I just think, oh, I don't want to go. I don't want to get on a plane and go there if it's a social thing. But every single time I get up and go to a function or a fundraiser or a work opportunity, you know, social work thing, I always leave with new work opportunities. I flew to Chicago many years ago to, what was I doing? It was something with PepsiCo. They wanted to show off their um, environmentally friendly sustainability center in Chicago. And oh, and I had the swine flu. So I really didn't want to go, but I ended up getting better and I went and um, it turned out to be somewhat of a spokesperson job for Tropicana I landed. I mean, I landed probably, um, 
well over six figures worth of work because I got on the plane and I went there. And so almost every single time I get up and I show up, it leads to another opportunity professionally. So what I want to encourage you to do is show up. Don't talk your way out of opportunities of any kind. If you get an invitation, go. If you get, you know, uh, if there's a Spartan race coming nearby, of course, Spartan sounds scary, but here's the deal. You get up and go and, and give things a try. And they will, I promise you, it will start steamrolling into so many good things. You can get up and try a new class. You can try a variety of things, but don't let cool opportunities pass you by. If someone makes an op- option and an inter- uh, invitation for you to do something, do it. Belly dancing, maybe it sounds really dumb. Do it anyway. Drum, drumming class, do it. Don't blow opportunities. All right. Don't avoid things that scare you. And so we can start with the little stuff. Some people are afraid to go to the gym because they're worried about what people think of them or they're afraid of a new class. <laughs> really? You're afraid of taking an exercise class? You know, I'll start by saying when you walk into any health and fitness center, I don't care what you look like, even if you're 2,000 pounds, people instantly respect you because they know you've come in to find success, to accomplish something. So everybody in the gym across the board gets mad, mad uh, respect, and you don't have to be afraid. Do you think everybody who's walked into a Zumba class or a Pilates class walked in as an expert? No. In fact, when I used to teach kickboxing, um, that was my sport. I competed for 10 years. And so I, because I'm a fitness expert, I was using kickboxing as a source of exercise and people would come in and they would feel awkward. I would teach them a jab and a cross, simple punches. And then they would be, um, they would be, uh, resistant to it. Oh, I don't know how really shocker there. You've never done this before. You came in as a first time. Of course you don't know how that's why I'm teaching you. And then they would do it passively. Oh, I'm no good at it. Shocker there. You've never done this before. Why would you expect to be good at it? You know, and in fact, I've put in 10 years training to be in this sport. So if I look really good at it, there's a reason. You can eventually look really awesome throwing roundhouse kick too if you practice. But if you show up and you come do half-assed all the time because you're embarrassed that you're not good, you'll never get anywhere. So you just got to put your foot in. Sometimes you just got to dive in and give things a go. You know, I love things that scare me. You know, kickboxing, it was a sport I had great interest in. But also, it's obviously a scary thing to walk into a boxing ring with thousands of people surrounding you. And there's this other athlete that wants to knock you unconscious, literally knock you unconscious or break your nose or physically stop you in some regard. You know, that is kind of scary. But, um, the best moment of my life was when I made it into that ring for the first time. And so was there fear and anxiety? Sure, sure, absolutely. I remember I was so excited to do it because I really wanted to fight. But I remember walking into the ring for the very first time and the uh, announcer had, he said, the one, the only, fits like that. And I was walking into the ring thinking, feet, go the other way, go the other way. <laughs> Why am I doing this? But I got into the ring and, you know, it's a whole blur of the instructions and whatever. But the second I heard the bell ring, 
all that fear, all that anxiety just left my body. And all I did was have fun. It, I just played the game. I loved every minute of it. If she hit me, it didn't hurt. I'm sure it was supposed to hurt, but I was just so happy to be there and having such a good time. So, you know, not only did I overcome that fear of getting in the ring, or my, my powerful desire to do it overcame my fear of getting in the ring. But that moment right there changed my life forever, overcoming that fear, because now I fear nothing. I, I just don't. I mean, of course, I fear wrestling with an alligator or something, but I don't fear people. I don't, feel, I don't fear asking for help. I don't fear confrontation. None of those things, because, boy, am I a powerful girl. You know, not only can I fight, God help the person who picks one with me, but it was such a confidence booster. And really what I decided after that point is if something didn't leave me with bruises or broken bones, I had nothing to fear. It was a really good life lesson doing something like that. So I'm not necessarily encouraging you to pick up a blood sport, but what are the things that scare you in life that you avoid? Is it, um, you know, talking to the manager because... They've overcharged you on your bill. Are you afraid of asking the waitress to send your food back because you're worried they're going to spit in it? Or are you afraid to ask your boss for a, a raise? I mean, really, what's your boss going to do? You ask for a raise, he's going to stab you? I mean, you just ask. You give an honest-to-goodness uh, explanation of why you think you deserve the raise. You ask, and then what are the consequences? No, they're going to tell you no. Big deal. Are you afraid to take the water fitness class? Are you afraid to learn how to swim? You know, if you go to learn to swim, they're going to do, you're going to do it in a safe environment where there's someone there to protect you and make sure you don't drown. I mean, you, you really have to pick and choose. You got to choose to live. You know, I mentioned alligators before. I spent my whole life in Florida. I grew up on a canal that was full of alligators. So as a kid, my recurring nightmare was always the alligator chasing me around my mom's car. And I would stand on my mom's car in the driveway and the alligator would circle. And then he would eventually stand up on his hind legs and try to get me on top of the car. And it wasn't an SUV. So that was my reoccurring nightmare. And so I still, I live in Gainesville, Florida, home of the University of Florida Gators. I technically am a gator, but this area is infested with gators. Problem, I love water sports love water sports. And so while I don't go seek out opportunities to ride the gator, I'm not messing with the gators, I'm not tickling the gators, I will get on a boat on a lake and we will pass alligators lying on the bay, on the sand, and then we'll go out into the lake. So again, we know the alligators are there because I've seen them. And then I put on a life preserver and then I jump into the brown murky lake water Someone throws me big, awkward skis, and I put them on my feet to make sure I'm completely helpless, and then I ride. I have the best ride of my life. I have so much fun. The adrenaline soars through my body, and I just wait for the awesome opportunity to wipe out and go flying through the air and crashing on the water. And so it's calculated risk. Think of things, you know, things that scare you. Are they rational? You know, yes, I look at those alligators square in the eye get on the boat, and then go dive into that brown murky water. <laughs> and it sounds insane. However, I think in all of my life, I don't know a person who's even been bitten by an alligator. The odds are not in the favor of me being eaten by an alligator. Now, wouldn't this be a really sad um, 
podcast to do right before I go get eaten by an alligator. That would be ironic if that happens. So play this for, (laughs) make this podcast go viral if I do get eaten. But, you know, it's a calculated risk and it's one that totally enhances my life because the water sports make me genuinely happy. And so don't let fear dictate your life. You have to be calculated. Obviously, driving with a blindfold on is is a thing to fear, You know, but don't fear social situations. Don't fear exercise classes. Don't fear talking to people. Don't fear, yeah, don't fear having just a regular conversation with people. I I see too much fear, too much fear of failure, too much fear of rejection, and those things don't cause broken bones or bleeding or death. So have the conversation, set your BHAG goal, and tell everybody, and then move towards it and, and don't let fear get in your way. In fact, my motto really is when I think of things that scare me, I tend to pursue them. And so I don't get scared often, but if something kind of sends that little shriek up my spine that goes, uh-oh, that looks like it could be scary, that makes me know I have to do it because it's overcoming something that I should. And, uh, you know, even professionally, when I was a kid, I used to speak. I would run for office in school. And I would get up to the microphone, and I really wanted to be seventh grade governor or whatever it was, so I would get up in front of the whole school and give my speech, and I would shake the whole time. I would just tremble, and my voice was shaky, but I wanted the outcome. I wanted to be governor, so I was willing to get up and do that. And then sometime in high school, I remember seeing another friend of mine shake and sweat. He was petrified. He was just giving a speech in front of our English class, but I remember looking at Kenny Lesko thinking you know what? That's irrational. Why is he so afraid? Because we're his friends. We're not going to reject him if we don't like his presentation. And that kind of calmed me down. Well, it totally calmed me down because I was able to add some logic and reason to the situation. And now I'm a professional speaker. People pay me a lot of money to go speak. So, you know, doing the thing that scared me over and over and over again really worked out. Throw in a little bit of logic there and um, it really enhanced my life. So don't, don't let fear dictate you. And In fact, when you you think of something that does scare you, give it a go for sure. All right. So don't talk badly about yourself. You'll believe it. I'm fat. I'm worthless. I'm no good. I'm not smart enough. Yes, you are. You know, I'm not going to be, what what was that guy? Al Franken with I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and God darn it, people like me. But, But be that person, you know, look in the mirror, find the things you like. Celebrate the things you like about you, and um, yeah, that really makes a difference. When I, I when I, I've talked to you guys about this before in episode one, if you haven't listened to that, please go back and listen to the Meet Fits episode. But I remember it was basically my last day of being a bulimic when I had made myself sick, and I talked myself out of it. You know, I had I was sickened by myself. I just I was like, why am I doing this to myself? And I I had the rationalization that I was a good person, I was a good friend, I was a good student, I worked hard, and my thighs were not the most important aspect of who I was, nor was my stomach, and so I stopped brutalizing myself. I literally had a conversation with myself that lasted about 37 seconds that changed everything. And so be kind to you. Do you have to be perfect? Hell no. I am the least perfect person on the planet, and if I were perfect, God, would that be boring, and I would have no friends at all because I think people like watching me stumble into things and uh, make say stupid things but you know be nice to yourself the the negative self-talk is 
it's bad for you and it's a bore for everybody around you. I used to have this girl, Julia, who was a roommate in my sorority house and she was beautiful and fit and every day she was, I'm so fat. Oh, do I look fat in these jeans? Do I look fat in this? And I was a girl who did that too and she drove me crazy constantly bashing herself and that's what got me to stop bashing myself. My mom bashed herself so I bashed myself. Um, but after living next to Julia, I decided, oh my gosh, I can't sound like that. It's really horrible. So don't, don't do that. Don't bash yourself. And um, yeah, convince yourself you're a rock star who can. And you fill in the blank after that word can. But you are a rock star who can do whatever the heck you want. As long as you're willing to put in the time, energy, effort, you make it happen. I have full faith in you. And then don't be mean to others. Don't be that girl. Don't be that guy. You know, I have a daughter who's in middle school, and I was explaining to her that um, because of some of the girls, <laughs> things she's dealing with, they said, Ginger, next to ISIS, middle school girls are considered the most horrible people in the planet. They are the worst. And so Ginger's not that way, and her friends are actually mostly really sweet. But you come across that, and then as we grow up, there's still some mean people. And so if you have nasty thoughts, keep them to yourself. We don't need to pick on other people. We don't need to make them feel any worse. And um, yeah, I even saw there was a Facebook group where there was a guy running, and the post was something about him feeling super fit, and then someone took a screenshot of that and posted it in the group and said, haha, what's so fit about this? And everybody piled on. There were 300 comments like, wow, I think this guy's amazing. I love that he's exercising. And, and it was great because the guy in the picture wasn't, he wasn't ripped at all. He was in the process, right? He's somewhere in between wherever he was and wherever he's going. And where this one kind of jerk decided to poke fun at him, 300 people piled on to say what a rock star they thought this man was. So be supportive. Be supportive of everybody else, and they're going to come and be supportive of you too. Let everybody, you know, it, we can all win. That's the thing. We can all win. We don't have to put absolutely anybody down in order to be more successful. It's, uh, it's an easy thing to do. It feels good. You'll feel a lot nicer, and you'll be more productive and positive yourself if you can be productive and supportive of everybody else or positive and supporter, supportive. Don't take any abuse of any kind from anyone, period. So that guy, I hope he, you know, everyone stood up for him. I hope he had his opportunity to do so too if he found out. But your friends, your boss, your coworkers, your spouse, your kids, you have got to be this immovable object who does not accept crap. Uh, I, we have some hotties in the group that are dealing with abusive spouses, uh, mean moms. Their, their meanness, their nastiness is not your problem. And so you need to shut that down and not accept it anymore. Whether it means you don't talk to that person or you just give firm boundaries. But you do not accept abuse from anyone at all. I had an episode last week with a very, very old, wonderful, fantastic friend who... She's a little older than I am, and she's um, <laughs> she's sweet. She's wonderful in many regards, but she's chron chronically late, and it's something that I've over overlooked because she's been late on a flexible schedule. So sometimes we'll even show up to her house. She'll say, come visit me at 1, 
and we'll be on our way at 12.57, and she'll call and say, I'm not going to be there until 1.30. And so we sit on our front porch, me and the kids, until 2. I mean, it's this is a, an issue with chronic lateness. So I, we had planned to meet for lunch. It was Wednesday. I had just gotten back into town. She said, hey, I miss you. I'd love to see you. If we can meet for lunch sometime, I looked at my calendar, and I said, hey, let's do Friday at noon if you're free. And she said, sure. And so... Um, I rushed along a doctor's appointment to get to her quickly and I showed up at the restaurant and 20 minutes later, she wasn't there. 25 minutes later, she wasn't there. And I'm sitting on my sore hamstring. Oh, my hamstring was hurting that day. I'm starving. And, um, I, I called, she didn't answer. I texted, no response. 45 minutes into it, she finally answers her phone and says, Oh, sorry to friend come over and he has cancer. I said, well, I would have really liked you to call. Oh, well, da-da-da. And I said, listen, I'm not sitting at this restaurant anymore. My hamstring hurts. I can't do it. So I'm going to go across the street to the mall, walk around. When, where are you? She said, I'm just getting in the car. And mind you, she lives 15 minutes across town. That means she would have been 60 minutes late. Not a phone call, not a text, no hey. So I'm sitting there feeling very unimportant, very sore, very hungry. And so at some point, I just tell her, I said, hey, listen, I got to let you know. And not only was this rude, it's obnoxious, leaving me sitting there for 45 minutes without calling. Oh, well, da 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 I said, listen, I'll meet you across the street. Just let me know when you get there. Now, mind you, I can forgive and forget. I can move on. But it's my job to speak up or else I'm a doormat, right? Who sits there for 45 minutes without a phone call or a text? If she were in a car crash, she gets a pass. If she fell down and broke her leg or someone had a heart attack in front of her, you get a pass. But someone comes over to chat you can't say, excuse me, while I text my waiting friend. That's not okay. So anyways, I said, just call me when you get to the mall. So a few minutes later, she calls, and then she wrote me, how dare you? How dare you um, tell me that I'm being rude? I'm your elder. I said, no, we're both grown-ups. You're older than me, but I consider you my friend. You're not my mother. Even if you were, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I would tell her the truth, too. That was rude. I don't need a swat on the butt. Well, clearly you do. This is the thing. I am not that person. I'm not going to sit and wait 45 minutes again. That was absolutely rude. The fact that you couldn't pick up the phone or text or call just, you know, shows me I was unimportant to you. And she wigged out and yelled and things. And I finally said, enough. This is not the way I'm going to be treated by you or anybody else. So when you're ready to be a sane person again, you can come back to my life. I got to go. And so eventually she called and there was drama and I didn't answer and I got a bunch of dramatic texts. And then I eventually got a text that said, I'm very sorry. I didn't mean to add stress to your life. I would like to come over. And she did and we made up. But you have to draw the line. You can't let people take advantage of you or make you wait 45 minutes or just make you feel unimportant. That's not the way life goes. So we, we will give a pass on occasion, but when it becomes significant or um, extreme, enough's enough. So don't be a doormat. Don't quit on anything that's good. You can quit smoking. You can quit drinking. You can quit doing drugs. You can quit going to taco parties. But for all the good stuff, you got to set reminders. Set it in your dang phone. Use my exact formula. Stick to it. You got to listen to the podcast. You got to read the articles. You got to surround yourself with friends that are encourage you to go all the way. Because when you set your BHAG, that big, hairy, audacious goal of yours, you're going to want to achieve it. And unless you get hit by that bus, there's no reason for you to settle for less. So do not quit. Don't sweat the small stuff. Don't drown in detail. Celebrate the big things. Celebrate the accomplishments. We're going to have moments 
where we fluctuate and misstep, and that's fine. You know, Rob Stewart, one of my hotties, he just ran the Flying Pig Marathon for the second year in a row. He wasn't super happy with his first year's time, but he also hadn't gone full force on the exact formula for weight loss. He hadn't really been training like a rock star. This year, he's lost 60 pounds because he's been sticking with the exact formula, and he's been training like a beast. And so he wanted to shave an hour and 10 minutes off of his marathon. Instead, he shaved an hour and seven minutes off his marathon, which might I add, is mind-blowing progress to make in one year. And so he could focus on those three minutes. He could focus on the three minutes he didn't get to. He could focus on the cramps he had during the race. He could focus on a number of things that may not have gone, quote-unquote, perfect for him mid-race. But instead, the dude is going, holy crap, I shaved 67-plus minutes off my marathon. I am a flying pig, and I think he's going back. He was like, I'm never doing the flying pig. Now he's going back because it's the 20th anniversary. So you got to major in the majors. There's a bunch of little stuff along the way, but you know, when you get that college degree, when someone bestows that cap and gown on you and gives you that diploma, it doesn't matter that you got a C in English. What matters is that you're graduating. You know, focus on the big stuff. And so along your way in this fitness journey, on occasion, there will be a day where you slack against my advice. There will be a day that you go over your caloric budget against my advice. But as long as you stay the course and keep moving in the right direction, you don't have to harp on the miserable little mistakes, the errors, the things that got in your way. Just as a big... It's a big, uh, it's a big deal, you know, focus on the big stuff. And, and I, I, I almost loathe details. I'll be details, detail oriented with my job, but in everything else, details drive me crazy. Don't be late. We just talked about that one and another thing, but be on time, be on time for yourself, be on time for your classes, wake up when your alarm goes off. So you have time to squeeze that workout in before work timeliness is what did they say? Timeliness is next to godliness. Oh, I think that's cleanliness, but I'm one of those timely people. Oh, and here's the deal. I announce all these amazing races. I will yell go at the start of a marathon. Seven minutes later, some dude strapping his bib on trying to come across the the start line. Where was he? How come the other 20,000 runners could get there on time and this guy isn't even there when we say go. So be on time. Prioritize your fitness. Prioritize your job. Prioritize your friend. Don't be late. It's rude to keep people waiting and it's rude to yourself and really kind of screws things up. So timeliness, timeliness, timeliness. Don't drone on the negative. You know, we talked about majoring in the majors. I see a lot of people harping. Every All of their posts are on what went wrong and you know, the fender bender or the thing, you know, this bad service they got or whatever. Don't drone on the negative because it will, it will stick to you like the smell of stepping in poop. Don't be that person. Don't walk around with the stink of poop on you. No one will like you. So be positive. Find something positive to say. You know, if you had something negative happen, do you need to broadcast it over Facebook and Instagram? Does everybody need to know that you skinned your knee? Do we need to see photos of your skin knee? Or do we want to see a beautiful, sweaty selfie of your beautiful, sweaty face, your tomato face? Everyone's posting tomato face photos because it's so hot out. But I love it. Give me the good stuff. Don't be the droopy person. Oh, I fell. Look at my knee. Everybody, look at this bloody knee. We don't need to see it. We don't need to hear about your crummy service at the restaurant. Give us something to look forward to. Give us something to smile about. Inspire us. It's not just my job. 
It's your job. And, and to be honest with you, look on my Facebook, you're not, you're not going to find much about me because I'm focused on you. So I need your good success stories, your inspirational moments to share because no one wants to hear more about me. Don't lose perspective. Sometimes things feel worse than they are. You know, once in a while we get one of these days that just drive us crazy and you think, oh, this is the worst day. Will you even remember this day in five years? The answer is probably no. And as always, I hold negative experiences up to being a little kid with cancer or having a child with cancer. And if whatever's going on in my day doesn't meet that, um, that status quo of horribleness, then I'm not going to be sad. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to find a reason to be happy. So if you can find perspective in whatever's going on in your life, boy, will you be a much happier, much more successful, much more powerful person because you will be the one to control your own time, your own energy, your own feelings, have perspective. These are the most important two don'ts on the list. And if you've heard nothing else, I want you to focus on these. You're finally there. 19th on my list. Don't ignore Fitzkohler. You heard it. Do not ignore Fitzkohler. Why? Because you know that I'm... I'm right. <laughs> you know that I'm right. And you know that I have your best intentions in mind. And you know I'm amazing at getting people where they want to go. The list of success stories in my wake is astounding. You see them every day on Facebook if you're watching. You see the amount of people giving away bags and bags of clothes they've shrunken out of. You see the people accomplishing things they never thought they would in fitness, PRing in their races, accomplishing amazing things in the kitchen, trying new foods they never thought they would. I am outstanding at giving people advice that works. Do not ignore Fitzkohler. That's number 19. Got that? If, you, if you've heard nothing else, that's it. And then you have to go back and listen to 1 through 18 because, again, you should not ignore Fitzkohler. And number 20, don't keep this stuff to yourself. Share it. Share the exact formula for weight loss. If you are a runner, share the strength training for runner's workout I have. I am not satisfied with just helping you. I love you, every last one of you, but I want more. I want more people to help. I want to help everyone live better and longer. And I'm going to need your help. And I don't ask for a lot of help, but this is what I'm, I'm asking of you right now. Because this is not the type of thing you should keep to yourself. All of this consumer level advice I give out is free. It's effective. It's free. Makes you feel fabulous. There's nothing scammy about it. I'm not selling you pills, shakes, supplements, wraps, powders, or any other crap. I'm providing on giving you amazing advice that works and supplying with you with a supportive environment that works. We are starting, not we're starting, it's a big family here with fitness. So whether you hang with me on Facebook, on fitness, or we do Instagram together, or you're just a podcast listener, or if you're on the Hottie Body Fitness Challenge group, I consider you part of my family. If you are one of my virtual clients, someone that I take care of around the world, I want you and your friends. I want to help your friends live better and longer too. So... Uh, we have bunches of don'ts, but they all lead to you doing much better for yourself and becoming the person you want to be. And that's what this is all about. Think about the first question I asked you today is, who do you want to be? If I have 10,000 listeners today, I'm sure I have 10,000 different answers to that question. 
and I want you to get all of those things. I want you to have all those things and I want you to be that person you're dying to be. Again, if you take my advice, you'll get there. So, that's a big list of don'ts. Let's turn your life into a do. Let's get you where you want to go. Most importantly, get to work. Bye, everybody. Hi, this is Rudy Novotny, the voice of America's Marathons. We all love how much running has benefited every aspect of our lives, so much so that most of us only wish we'd started sooner. Wouldn't it be wonderful to give the opportunity to children of today? Well, you can. The Morning Mile is a before-school walking and running program that gives children the chance to start each day in an active way while enjoying fun, music, and friends. That's every child, every day. It's also supported by a wonderful system of rewards, which keeps students highly motivated and frequently congratulated. Created by our favorite fitness expert, Fitz Kohler, morning milers across the country have run over 2 million miles and are having greater success with academics, behavior, and sports because of it. The morning mile is free to the child, free to the school, and is inexpensively funded by businesses or generous individuals. Help more kids get moving in the morning by visiting morningmile.com. Champion the program at your favorite school or find out more about sponsorship opportunities. That's morningmile.com. Long may you run.